discussing uh, the previous week on the importance of money, right? And then we wanted to look at uh, the relationship between money and skill, right? Uh, so I think what I'll do is that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just continue with this line of thought until we get into Wealth Conference, right? Because I, I think there's so much to say um, that this, these few services, teachings, can supplement for Wealth Conference. Because they don't want to really teach, we want to minister. So uh, I think let's just flow into them. All right? Anyways, um, the relationship between money and words. We already know that there's a strong relationship between money and how it responds to work and skill, right? But little is understood about that relationship that money also has with speech, with language. Because when you really think about it, right, everything in creation has a voice. When you really think about it, everything in creation has a language, right? We speak a different language than bees do but that we don't understand how bees communicate does not mean that they don't communicate. We speak a different language than what, uh, what do you call? Ants do. That we don't understand what they're saying does not mean that they don't talk. So really, everything in creation has a language. And that language, or those languages, are embedded within the word. For instance, we know that God told Moses to talk to the rock. Now, how can the rock understand Hebrew? We know that Joshua spoke to the sun and the moon. How can the sun understand human language? We know that Jesus spoke to the waves. He spoke to the trees. And all these inanimate objects or elements responded. They obeyed. Now this must mean that everything in creation 
has to have intelligence. Because if it can respond, there is some form of intelligence that they possess. Right? If that is the case, then money is not exempted. Is not exempted from the possession of that intelligence. So ask yourself, right? What is life made out of? What is life made out of? What are the materials that constitute life? What are they? <clears throat> and that would tell you the primary element or foundational element of life. Because it would be from that first principle from which every other thing functions. If we knew what life is made up of. Scientists can tell us what water is made out of, right? It's molecules of hydrogen and oxygen under combustion right and then boom you got water yet it comes from immaterial elements you can't see oxygen you can't see hydrogen they are gases right just like now we're inhaling oxygen we exhale carbon dioxide but we don't know for certain, physically, that that is so. But if we remove oxygen from your space, that's when you realize that, nah, it is so. That means there is something in this element called oxygen, which your body, your life force requires to be sustained. Why? Because of what man is made out of. Your spirit can breathe underwater, not your body. Because your body is made out of what? It's made out of carbon. It's a carbon-based synthetic element. And what does carbon need? It needs three things. It needs water, it needs sunlight, and it needs oxygen. But all those elements, that carbon-based uh, carbon uh, elements need are not seen. Are not seen. You can't see it, right? So you can say right now, I, I, no, I don't need oxygen. It's fine, let, 
Let us just close those nostrils. Let us close that mouth of yours. And let's see if you can breathe. You can leave. You wouldn't, right? Why? You need it. It's necessary for what? It's necessary for? It's necessary for? For? For living and life. You can't see it. You can't see it. But it's a necessity. This tells us that the elements that contain or control the thing called money are unseen. They are? Because here's a question we need to ask, right? The things that are necessary for the sustenance of your mortality are unseen, right? That would mean, that would mean that most of man's necessities are spiritual in origin. They are in So money is something spiritual. Now, I know what you're thinking about when I'm talking about money, right? You're thinking about paper, right? You're thinking about that note. I'm not talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. Paper is not money. It's not money. Here's a question, right? The gold, the diamonds, the precious stones, all materials or substances of wealth, right? Do they exist in heaven in their earthly forms? Is gold, gold in heaven? Okay. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, let's ask a question. How could John describe the stones on the gates and the paving on the streets if he didn't know what gold looked like? When he said pure gold, how, how does he know pure gold? Because he didn't say they were as pure gold. He says they were. They were. So we ask ourselves, is gold gold in heaven? Are stones of onyx, jasper, 
all these, are, are they what they are in heaven? So if your answer is yes, then that means that gold is spiritual. Because if, if the gold on earth is the same gold in heaven, that means that that gold comes from heaven. And if that's the case, then the origins of gold and diamonds and what constitutes money and wealth today are in nature spiritual. So they happened, they happened to make it on earth in their heavenly or spiritual forms. So even though money can be seen, right? Its origins are immaterial. Because the substances of heaven and earth are different. The heavens are in the spirit. Even though the earth is also in the spirit, it is, it is in the physical geolocation in that dimension, right? So, in that universe of God, there's a distinction between natural, physical, spiritual, immaterial. Now, that gold made its way to earth in its form. It, it might be, it might be, that God did so purposefully. We read in Genesis chapter 2 about the river, right? Yes. That breaks into four river beds, yes. right? Which waters the entire city. And in one of the river, the Bible talks about the gold of that land is good. Now here's a question. What use did Adam have for gold? What use did Adam have for the stones? What were their necessities? Let's read it. You know, because sometimes you read the Bible and you, you, I mean, you quote the Bible and you assume. You assume. Let me not assume. Ver chapter 2, verse 10, Genesis. <laughs> now, a river went out of Eden to water the garden. <clears throat> Do you want us to stay there? Yeah? Nah, we'll talk about that some other time. Be because what he implies there is that where the river came from is not really Eden.
it went out of Eden. It didn't come from Eden. You understand? It went, where, where was it issuing from? Because it went out of Eden to water the garden. If that's the, play, if that's the case, Eden and the garden are two separate locations. That is sorry for some mother day. Anyways, to water the garden, right? Because remember, the garden was planted east of Eden. Do, do you understand? Do you understand? It, it was planted? East. East. Do you get that? Okay. The Bible says, remember what the Bible says, right? When, when, Cain, when Cain left the presence of the Lord, he said he went, he went what? Of? Of? Yeah, of? Read it, chapter 4. Verse 16, chapter 4. Yeah? Then Cain. He went out from the presence of the Lord. Yeah? In the land of Moab, on the east of Eden. So, the Nord was where? And where did God plant the garden? And I want you to read something, okay? Are you there? Verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch, and he built a city. Now, what, where did he find or get the template of a city? Where did he find? This? Okay. Okay. The Bible talks about New Jerusalem, right? with 12 gates, right? Three on the north, south, east, west. And in there, there's nobody that profanes, or all, everybody's outside, right? <coughs> now why would God put gates if there's no threat? Why would there be gates in a city where there is no threat? Is it to lock the people inside the city? Or is it to keep people out of the city? Why? Question. Question. The presence of gates denote what? Security. Protection. Now question is, what security and protection did those in the New Jerusalem need? Twelve gates. Go home and think about that. So, because it, that is linked to Cain and Eden. So, what happened was, 
was what happened was when God drove them out, there was a specific exit through which they went. And the Bible says, and the Lord God put a cherub there. That means the, the cherub was stationed at the gate. So Eden had entries or entry points. So there was one main entrance into Eden. It's fine. Some other time. Some other time. So he built a city. Where did he get the template? Where? Where? East of. He built a. In the land of. East of. So where or what was the first city on earth? Ah, man. Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4. Mike, read from verse 25. Oh, everybody, read from verse 25. Jeremiah 4, verse 25. I beheld him, and indeed there was no one, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. Yeah. And I beheld him, and indeed the fruitful land was the wilderness, and all its cities were broken down in the presence of the Lord. All? Now, what is, what is he seeing? He's seeing the desolation of the pre-Adamite age. He's seeing Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And, and he makes reference to cities. So, when God began to colonize earth, He built a city. Okay. Um, he, uh, Psalm, Psalm. Psalms, Psalm chapter 46, yeah. Psalm 46. Are we there? Amen. Read verse 4. There is a... Whose... We know how many streams are there, right? How many? Four. There is a... Whose... Does what? Shall make land the city of God. Yeah? The holy place of the tabernacle of Read it again. Yeah. So Eden was actually a sanctuary. Eden was. Hmm. Okay. Oh. All right. 
it, it was where God stationed his headquarters. When you read the, the, the book of Ezekiel, and you, 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 you go into the temple of Ezekiel, you realize that that temple is far different than every other temple. And in one of his visions, the Bible says that they were standing eastward of the temple and there the glory of the Lord came in. Ezekiel actually saw the first temple which was Eden. So the river came from out of Eden. It came out of Eden. Why? Because God's river, um, Revelation chapter 4. Because you must ask yourself, where, if they heard the voice of the Lord walking through the cool of the garden, where was it coming from? Revelation chapter 4. Let's read, please. <coughs> Verse 1. Here? Black man. <laughs> Let's read, yeah? Yeah? Appearance like a Yeah. 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 A sea of glass. The way there was what? A sea of glass. A sea. There was what? A sea. Read it. There was what? A sea of glass. That's Revelation, four, right? Four. There was six, four, six, right? Yes. There was what? A sea of glass. Yeah. Like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and around the throne, were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and Verse six again. Before the throne, there was what? A sea Before the throne, there was a sea of glass. It is referring to water. It is before the throne, there was a sea of glass. You see, Jesus didn't first start walking on water when he was on earth. There was what? Maybe you still don't get it, right? Let's, let's read Ezekiel. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Is 
Ezekiel chapter 40. Verse 2. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. You see, that is, that is where Eden is. Do you know what I say? That is where, the, the Bible tells us, he took me in the visions of God to the land of Israel. Let, 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 let me ask you something, right? God said to Abraham, get out and go to the land that I shall show you, right? And Abraham went out and they went to the land of Ai, right? And they sojourned there, he and, and Lot and their family and their right servants. After the contention, Abraham said, we are brethren, we should not be fighting. So you choose for you any land, right? Any land, any land, and live there. And the Bible says, Lot looked and he saw, he saw a valley. Yeah? He saw, he saw, like what? He saw a valley like what? A valley. Oh man, let's, okay. Okay, I'll read it for you. Uh, Genesis. All this has to do with the gold. All right? Um, chapter, yeah, chapter four. Uh, Yeah, chapter 13. And Lot, verse 10, and Lot lifted his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, <coughs> that it was well watered before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was well watered. Who watered it? It was well watered like the garden of the Lord. Uh -huh. It was well like what? Like the, <laughs> like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zohar. It was well watered like the garden of the Lord. Why would the Bible, why would the scriptures liken the valley of Jordan to the garden of Eden? I mean, it was beautiful. And that would mean that would mean, if that is the case, that would mean that that geographical boundary, because after Lot left, God said, I give you all this land. I give it to you and to your descendants. That means that is the land which Abraham, I mean, which Adam, Adam lost. Remember the, the, the objective of God. Let's zoom out. God's, God's plan A, right, was for man, for man to inherit the earth. 
for man to extend the governorship of heaven on earth and ultimately make earth his headquarters. That was God's ultimate plan. Adam failed, right? And then God did what? He waited 14 generations and then he found Abraham. When he found Abraham, he designated Abraham to be the carrier of the seed who was to now reclaim, restore, and bring a new what Adam lost. So, so, so Abraham became the, the progenitor of the last Adam. So everything that Jesus inherited, he inherited from Adam. And remember, if Jesus was going to restore the failure and make reparations for the failure of Adam, that would mean that Jesus would also need to lay claims to Eden. And the title deed of Eden was given to who? To Abraham when God gave him the very same land from which he exiled Adam. So geographically, Eden is in Israel. It's in that region in the Middle East. And that is one of the reasons why the Bible says, when you will see the what? When you see again the resurrection of the daily sacrifices, then you shall know that it shall be three and a half years before the great day. He's talking about what? He's talking about the Antichrist setting his throne in where? In Jerusalem. Because the Bible says he will sit upon the throne of David and make himself as God. Why? Because that is the headquarter of the rulership of Jesus. And then the Bible tells us in Zechariah that when the Lord shall come on that great day, he shall stand before Mount Olives and the valley. And then he said there shall be what? A split. And from there he shall rule. So that is... That is where Eden is. So we know that throughout the Bible, since the fall, Eden was allegorized or typified by the tabernacles, by the sanctuaries, by the temples. Remember John said he, 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 he took me up to a home mountain and showed me the city, the bride, the bride, the city of the living God? Listen to what Ezekiel says. <coughs> Don't be fooled by this world. Don't be fooled by this world. There's yet a glory that this world is yet to see. You see, oh, look at what the sons of Ishmael, the sons of Abraham are doing out there in the desert. Look at what uh, MBS is doing, Bin Salah. Look, look at what he's doing, the, the crown prince of, of, of UAE. Look at what he's doing. They're they, they starting, they starting a, 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 a $500 billion city project called Neon. And guess where they're starting it? In the desert. Desert. Who would have thought? Desert. If, if Abraham's seed can do that, 
What about Abraham's seed? So, let's, let's go back to Ezekiel, right? Because <coughs> I want to establish something here. Ezekiel 40. Right, and it took me out into the land of Israel. Israel is not a city. And sent me on a very high mountain, <laughs> and toward the south, something like the structure of a city. Something like... And he took me there, and behold... There was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze. <laughs> Not milk. <laughs> he had a line of flex and a, measure, a measuring rod in his hand and he stood in the gateway. And the man said to me, son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show them to you, declare to the house of Israel everything that you see. Now, there was a wall around outside of the temple. There was a wall. There was a wall. So I told you, Eden was gated. It was a gated estate. Eden. There's a reason why. We're getting there, all right? Amen. Israel was gated. It was protected. Mm. A man's hand was measuring a rod six cubits long. Each cubit had a hand breadth and he measured it and so forth, right? Then you can read it, you, you can read it on your own uh, at home. And then let's, let's read, right? Verse 10. In, in the eastern gateway, three gate chambers on one side and three on the other, and three were all on the same side. Also the gate posts of the same size on this side, that side. <laughs> you hear what he's saying? He says in the eastern, the eastern gateway, the? Gateway. There were what? Three great chambers. Mm. One? The other side, right? So on the eastern gateway, there were three gate chambers. Does that sound familiar? The east? The east what? Okay. Now, now, now you get it. And then let's, let's now go deeper, all right? Amen. <coughs> let's now go into chapter... Can, you can read that. It's, 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 it's deep. Verse 43. Afterward, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces the east, chapter 43. Afterward, he brought me to the... Chapter 43, same, Ezekiel, verse 1. Afterward, he brought me to the, the gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the glory of the Lord God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters. His voice was what? The sound of many waters. And the earth shone with his glory. His voice was what? Like a sound of many waters. 
Where did he take him? The gate toward the? We don't make these things up. <laughs> They're in the Bible. Right? It was like the vision. Of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the visions which I saw by the river and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the gate which faces toward the east. You got it? Yeah? So, Eden was a temple. That's why the garden was east of Eden. And a river came out of Eden. It didn't, origin, it didn't originate from Eden because that river is the river that is the sea of glass from the throne of God. If that is the case, that means that heaven and earth at that time were connected by the river. And that is how the gold was transported to Eden. How, how else did it come? I'll show you. I'll show you. Chapter 44. <coughs> Verse 1. Then he brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces toward the east, but it was shut. And the Lord said to me, The gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter by it, because the Lord God of Israel has entered, therefore it shall be. And for the prince, because he is the prince, he may sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. Today in Israel, do you know of the gate? Yeah? Do you know of the gate? Do you, you don't know of the gate. Google. Don't go in your phones. Just type there the gate which the Lord shall open and go to images. There's a gate now in Israel that has not been opened for thousands of years since the time of Ezekiel. You know when will that gate be opened? When Jesus comes back. And it's exactly what the Lord said. When, when, in the time of Jeremiah, when, when Babylon went into uh, Israel, I mean, uh, into captivity, I mean, when Israel went into captivity, into Babylon, one of the things that got lost was the Ark of the Tabernacle. You, you know that? And God said so. And God said, it shall be restored in the times nearing the coming of the Messiah. Mm. 
and you may not know the ark has been found. That is why, that is why they began the land for the, for the third temple, for the temple of David is already there. They are about to build. Maybe you think you have enough time, ne? Maybe you think you, you, you have, you've got all the time in the world. The stage is ready. The stage. I can, I can. If, if God can show a person events that would take place four months, I mean four years, 15 years from now, wouldn't he show him the time of the Antichrist? Immediately after World War III, it will be a very short war. A very short war. It won't last more than two years. A very short war. It will probably last between six to eight months. When that war, because, because why? Because they, they, uh, should we tell you? Because, because there's, there's, there's a quarry of, of, of human sacrifice, blood, that's needed for the Antichrist to be revealed. So world war is to initiate that. So once that happens, once that happens, you will see the temple will be built. Once the temple is built, the daily sacrifices will be reenacted. And once the daily sacrifice is reenacted, you'll realize that now the man of peace will step in because the person, the person who will be instrumental in stopping the war, watch him. Watch him. Antichrist will stop war. Pastor, which war are you talking about? World War Three or Four? Well, wait and see. Wait and see. I live in the future. I live there. So sometimes we try to be as human as we can be, to hide certain things. To be a human is, is, is protection, it's defense. Look at what they did to, to uh, Barnabas and Paul. Look what they did to them. After they healed, they said, oh, the gods are among us. Zeus and Jupiter. <laughs> Tore their clothes, worship, they said, no, we are men. And then the Jews came, they stoned them. It's good to be a man. So all this, it's going to happen. 
And the Lord said to me, yeah, I, I read you that, right? Verse 4. This way you need to pay attention. And also he brought me by the way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So I looked and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord and I fell on my face. And the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears. All that I say to you concerning the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all its laws. Mark well who may enter the house and all who go out from the sanctuary. Now, say to the rebellious, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, O house of Israel, let us have no more of all your abominations. When you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary, to defile it, my house, when you offered my food to the fat and the blood, then they broke my covenant because of all your abominations. And you have not kept my charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge of my sanctuary food. That says the Lord, no foreigner. No? I hope you are not a foreigner. In, I hope you are not a foreigner. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know who's a foreigner? Yeah? It's fine. Let's read chapter 47 and then let's go back to Genesis. Verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water. There was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the for the front of the temple faced the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. Yeah? Yeah? Mm. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he said, brought me to through the waters. The waters came to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, and the waters came to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and brought me through, and the waters came to my... Again, he measured 1,000, and, and it was a... It was a... That I cannot... For the water was too... Continue, let's continue read. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees, were many trees. on one side and the other. Which, which, what is he talking about here? Read uh, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22, verse 1. Should we please? Mm. But proceeding from? From? So where was God's throne? Where? You, you know the saying, I guess, in, 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 in the world, follow the man. Follow the water. Follow the river. He will tell you everything. Follow the river. Follow where it's coming, where, it's, where it went out of, right? 
where it was going and really where it came from. Read there. And the river went out. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, read there. Read. Yeah. Pure river of? Pro. Read. Where, where was the river coming out of? So that's why I told you, the river did not originate from Eden. It originated from? And where did John say the throne was? He says, a door opened in. What separates heaven and earth is what? What separates heaven and earth? What separates hell and earth? What separates heaven and earth? What separates hell and earth? You got it. So this river, what, oh, continue to read, continue to read. Mm. Oh, doesn't that sound like Ezekiel? He said many trees. Yeah, and here he says was the tree of life. He, he's, not, he's, he's not talking about, he's not talking about one tree. He's talking about 12 trees. Read. Each tree. Read that, read that again. You must understand Bible language, all right? It's not like English from school. It's spiritual. <laughs> read, please. No, in the middle of shoot, there. Sade. Was that? So it's one tree, yeah. One one tree which bore twelve fruits. Yeah. So that tree was comprised of how many trees? Twelve. So there were six, six. And each tree bore its different fruit. And the leaves? Yeah. And now, now here's a question. Right? Healing of the nations. What healing the, the nations need now? It tells you something. It tells you? That that tree was where? How oh, my daughter. Genesis. <laughs> I said, follow the water, follow the river. Genesis. Oh. Chapter 2. Gen <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. Right? Chapter 2, verse 15. Now I learned to, oh, okay. Chapter 2, verse, oh, chapter 2, verse 8. Yeah? 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 
Ja. Hey, 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 Are you convinced now? Are you convinced about Eden now? Yeah? That it was God's first duplicated temple. The one he built. Okay, we follow the river, okay? Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28. Let's bust some myths. Ezekiel? Are we there? Read verse 11 into 13. Saying, Son of man, and say to him, that says, now there were two lamentations, one to the prince, one to the king. We know the first one was the prince trying to make himself God and told him, you are not God, you are a man. The other is to the king, the king of Tyre and the prince of Tyre, two different entities. The prince is the man, the king is the spirit. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you are the seal. You are the seal of perfection. In life, be careful. I listen to me. Be careful. Be very careful. You know, the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends are destruction. And then he says, do not be wise in your own. There was a prophecy to someone. You are the seal of? Perfection. Who? The seal of perfection. Now, it, it doesn't, it didn't get any more perfect than Satan. Yeah. He fell. He ain't perfect. What about you? And, and do you know what is the number one ingredient? The number one ingredient that leads to failure, to falling, to backsliding, to rebelling? Do you know? Do you know? Self-deception. Self Nobody deceived Satan. There was no demon to deceive him. What got him in trouble? Himself. Self-deception. Anyways, you are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse 13. Question is, was he in Eden in heaven or Eden on earth? There's no Eden in heaven. It's paradise. The names are different. The environment may be the same, but the names are different. The, 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 the Eden of heaven is paradise. I was caught up to the third heaven, paradise. That's the Eden of God. That is, that is the, 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 the place where Abraham is landlord. 
Remember, God made, made paradise for Abraham. Jesus said, Very I tell you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Where was he talking about? Abraham's bosom. The paradise in hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so he says, you were in the garden of God. So now we know, now we know because four things are lying here, right? Four things are lying. Number one, the presence of the serpent, right? Number two, the throne of God. We're following the river, right? Number three, the eastward location of the garden. Number five, number four, the tree of life. So we've got all the proofs we need to validate Eden as the tabernacle, the sanctuary, the temple of the living God, the city to which man were to populate the earth from. That's settled, right? Now comes the gold. Last week I read you a scripture from Jesus, right? Jesus said, Come buy from me gold. That means, Mike, that Jesus is a merchant of gold. That Jesus is a seller of gold. He's a merchant. Do you know one of the reasons why Satan fell? It's just because of his traffic, because of his, Satan was a trader. <laughs> Verse 16, it's there. Verse 16, read, Mike. I read everybody. Wait. By? By the abundance of what? So angels, this is where it gets deep now. So angels, celestial beings, are involved in merchandise. Read there. I didn't write the Bible. You read it. Hey, hey, by what? So, 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 so these beings were transactionary. So what was Satan selling to them that they would follow him? Remember the Bible says he, took, he drew with his tail a third of the stars. With his tail, a third of the stars. So a third of all the angels ever created followed Satan. They chose to turn from God and follow Satan. What did they see in Satan that would make them turn their backs on their creator? Bible says, by the multitude of your merchandise, trading, what was he trafficking? What was he trading? What did he promise them? What transactions were made among these beings? Ask yourself, how can a man ask such questions if there's no answer for them? How? 
How what, by the mark you were filled with violence? What was he trading? I, I just said to you, Jesus said, Come buy from me gold. So Jesus is a seller of gold. He says that you may be rich. So gold makes men rich. Because that's what Jesus admitted. That gold makes men rich. I repeat, gold makes men rich. Is it true or false? <laughs> We're dealing with money. So what did Satan give angels? That what did Satan give a, the angels? What did he give them? What did he give them? What did he give them? I'm asking, what did he give them? Is Jesus a spirit? Is Jesus Christ a spirit? So, so what business does Jesus have selling gold? <laughs> what does Jesus sell gold? For, 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 for. He says that you may be rich. So Jesus, Jesus is a market where he, he sells gold, he, he, he sells white raiment, he, he sells eye salve, he sells them for a price. It's not free. That means, that means riches, wealth is not for free. That's why I was trying to get. You don't get rich for free. You are not sure that I said to you that Satan sold or, or transacted gold with you. You are not sure, right? Let's, let's seal it. Luke chapter 4. Because if, if he can offer Jesus, Jesus, the creator of angels, what he offered him, what are angels? And what is so hard to offer angels that? Let's, let's find out. Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Are we there? Are we there? All right. Read verse number 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain. Where, where? High? Where did God take Ezekiel? Where did the angel take John? And showed him what? Yeah? And the devil said to him, All this I will give you. And their glory. And their wealth. Okay, what is the glory of kingdoms? The glory of any kingdom is their wealth, right? So Satan promised Jesus what? He was offering Jesus what? Global wealth. Yeah? 
Global? So if he offered the monarch of the universe wealth, what do you think he offered angels? What is the number one, or what was the number one driving force of Satan? To be like, if that is the case, if, if he managed to, to convince those celestial beings that he could be like God, right? Won't those beings follow him if he promised them the very same thing? Autonomy? A third. Do you know what's a third? 33%. And those are more demons than there are human beings today. You can't begin to imagine the, the arsenal, the multitude of these celestial beings. They are more than they are human beings. And Satan threw 33%. So God was left for 66. So what, what happens? What happens? Jesus says, come buy from me gold. So if, if, gold, if gold is purchasable, right? What was the gold in the garden doing there? Now we can go to Genesis. That means may every man who is rich today bought gold. Why? Why are Christians the only ones who sell their souls or give their souls to a, to a spirit and are broke? Whereas... You, you can go sell your soul now to the devil, boy. <laughs> By next week, you'll be bawling. <laughs> By, ne By next week, you'll be bawling. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. New house, new car, everything set, new woman, new, everything you need, all set. Bank <laughs> when did you give your heart to Christ? <laughs> When did you give your heart <laughs> to Christ? <laughs> Where? 1920. <laughs> when did you give your heart? <laughs> Lord, I give you my heart. <laughs> <laughs> And with a little baby, I gave my soul to the devil. Now I'm bawling, I'm rich, I'm flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Girls on my right, the oh, money on my right. I gave my soul to the devil. Now I'm free. <laughs> Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live. 
Gave my soul to the devil, money on my right eye, got that bag, moving on my, yeah? Lord, I give you. When all is hot, kill it. Little Mum is on is on is is on top of a car. Yeah? <laughs> in a yacht. In a yacht. <laughs> no tears. <laughs> no tears. <laughs> Only difference, he gave his soul to the devil. You gave your soul to God. And that's why for a long time, poverty, you know the saying, as poor as a church? No. Not a club mouse. Not a, not a club mouse. A church, church. Means those who are there. <laughs> so that's why rich people think church is for poor people. Yeah. You have not bought gold. How, 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 how did Satan tell Jesus to buy the glory from him? He said, do one thing. Worship me. You have not bought gold. So that means gold was a function of worship. So he told, he told the angels, listen, I'll give you all, all glory you need. I'll put you in charge of cities. I'll put you in charge of you. You will be a king. That's why they're called principalities. Rulers. That's what they wanted to be. No servants, rulers, principalities, powers, wicked spirits, kings in the heavenly places. Because that's what they desired. They, they desire every time, imagine every time. Oh, oh, and then out of all those billions and trillions of angels, one stood up. The Bible says 10,000 times 10,000. What's 10,000 times 10,000? <laughs> Out of all those beings, one was like, Maralena, they can do that to me. He was the seal of perfection. The seal, full of wisdom. Did you hear? All the, all the workmanship was perfect in the day we were created. Your timbrels, your, your stones. So, so Satan was a being. He was not a worship leader. Was not a, he, was God's, he was God's vice regent. He was, he was in Eden. He was God's vice regent. That's why even after he fell, he still had license to move around. He was a regent. I mean, if God didn't take Satan out of the meeting, how, why would he take him out of Eden? 
So anyways, right? He says, worship me, I'll give you all their glories. Hmm. Do you see his traffic? Do you see how he operates? Do you see how he operates? Yeah? Where did he get that operation from? Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold. Jesus never said to ask me gold. He said to buy from me gold that you may be rich. So Jesus, Jesus, you, you are a seller. He's a businessman. This God, that you, he, he sells. He, he says riches are available. I'm selling it. You are not rich. You've not bought. Okay. Let me show you how, right? Because that's what I want to show you. Right? I want to show you the relationship between money and words. That's what I want to show you. How really, that's how you buy. <laughs> okay, Isaiah I, I, I 55. That's how you? Isaiah? And then I want us to go into Genesis. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Let's read. Come on, let's read. Ah, come on now. Read again. Oh! Listen to that exclamation. Oh! <laughs> there's an exclamation mark there. That means there's emphasis. Yeah. It's not like, oh. Oh! <laughs> I didn't say that. God said it. <laughs> what? Oh! That means it was a shout. It was a call. It was not, oh. It was a? That first word tells you that it was an exclamation. It was a proclamation. Right? Everyone who? Come to the? Waters. Wait. <laughs> Everyone who? Thirsts. Come to the? Waters. Read it again. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah? Everyone who thirsts. Come where? Everyone who thirsts, come away. Everyone who thirsts, come away. Come away. Continue. And you have no money. Come by. You who have no money. Don't pretend <laughs> like it's not you. How? Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you. This is, this is a prophetic word. 
This is a? Everyone who? No. Has no? Come? Come? You who have no money, come buy. When you are thirsty, you go to the waters. Right? What? Right? When you have no money, you buy. Wow, Lord. When you are thirsty, when you need water, where do you go? To the waters. Where, where is he sending you? Where is, he, where is he telling you to go? And to you who has no money, where is he, what is he telling you to do? You who have no money, come buy what? And eat. And eat. Uh, uh, uh. Come buy you who have no money. I shared, with, I shared this scripture with you too early. <laughs> Anyways, it's fine. He says, come, you who have no money. Now, that goes against the grain. How? how? Because that's what you're asking yourself, right? How? You who have no money, do what? Do what? Do what? Ah, do what? The first thing he says is not to buy. The first thing he says is to come. Read it. Med meditation. Let me teach you meditation. You who have no money, come. You have no money, come. You who have no money, come. Did he say you have no money? Don't even step foot here. He says you have no money, come. That means whatever you are buying with is not money. Because he, he, he is specific. He says, the one without money, come buy, come buy. That, that he, that's where some of, us, some of us fail. Because we hear that and say, God never said, come buy with money. Continue reading. Yeah? Yes, come. Yeah? Yes. Read, 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 read again. Yes, come. Yes? Why? Because when he said you without money come by, you, you ask yourself, me? He said, yeah, yes, you. Yeah? And without price. That is, that is potent. That is powerful. Because he's telling you, he's telling you that the price of the milk and the wine is not the price of money, but it is something you must buy. So human beings, human beings who live in this world have no concept of that communication because all you, you attach buying to is what? Money. Is money. 
But there are other ways to buy what you want or need without money. And God is referring to that other way. Is without money, without? Is it possible? Without money? When, when I asked you in the beginning, I said, what is life made out of? For instance, a man must purchase fame, not with money, but with his soul. Jesus could purchase back from Satan the kingdoms and the glories without dying. That's one of the reasons why Jesus said, Lord, I know all things are possible with you. Let this cup also pass away from me. He knew it. There was another way this could be done. And Satan introduced Jesus to the new way. He said, worship me and all this is yours. Satan was not lying. Adam gave it to him. So Jesus was supposed to get what Adam lost, but the right way. And Adam, Satan offered him a shortcut. He said, no, worship. So he could buy. Satan didn't say, give me $100,000. No, he said, give me your worship. So there are ways you can buy what you need, what you want, without cash, without money. So when Jesus said, come buy, he wasn't talking about money. He wasn't talking about exchanging 10,000 for riches. No, there was something deeper than that. It was hidden in worship. It was hidden inside the mystery of worship. But then he comes and says to you, here, he gives you an invitational. He said, no, you can buy. You, the bread, the milk, the, the wine, you, you, you can buy it. I don't, need, I don't need the price of money, but you can buy it. Let's read. <laughs> Verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully. Listen. Carefully. Listen. Carefully. Listen. Carefully. This is where you need to listen carefully to me. You see, he, he, life for you does not change when you receive information. Life changes when you act on the information. So many of you, you're wondering why, and you're blaming everyone else but yourself. Why, why, why can't my life, listen, it's not the information you hear that makes the difference. It's the one you move with, you act with. It says, be doers of the word, and not hear us only, deceiving yourselves. 
if all you do is if all you do is here, you know you are deceiving yourself because you are expecting that things will change from you hearing. Things don't change that way. The, the forces of life get into motion based on action. It says, bless the Lord, all you his hosts, all you his angels who do his word. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Nike has a very prophetic slogan, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So if you just come by without price, just do it. So I'll show you how. I'll show you how. Don't be like Peter. You, you are the one. I didn't tell you. you. You are the one that said to me, if it is you, tell me to come to the water. Now you are begging me to help you because you are drowning. I didn't tell you to come out. I only said so because you wanted to prove it was me. That's Peter for you. Stand on the water. Hallelujah. What? Stand on the water. And you walk on the water. If you cannot stand, how can you walk on the water? Stand on the water and you walk on the water. If you cannot stand, how can you walk on the water? You hear that? Do you hear that? Be be before, before you can walk on the water, Stand on it. Because that, that will tell you th the chances you have of walking. So, Peter, Peter walked without thinking. You see, he walked with, because he likes thinking that real things are dreams. Angels come to deliver him, I'm dreaming. So, so how, how do you know? Once you stand on the water, you, you know, you know that now you have support. Because you, when you stood, you did not sink. You, if you listen to the tape, ne? what I just said now is Obuya. You'll hear. Oh, Pastor said that. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Mike, what is he asking? What is he asking? Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? 
It's a question. You're spending your wages for what? What does not satisfy? What is the one thing you hate about month end? Stand on the water. You walk on the water. If you cannot stand, how can you walk on the water? What a song. I mean, you can, you can sing it to yourself in the morning. Stand on the water. Stand on the water. If you cannot stand, how can you walk? Stand on the water. Pengizo. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. Why do you spend your wages for what does not satisfy? God is telling you, you're supposed to be spending your wages on what satisfies. Yeah. <clears throat> so listen to me carefully. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And eat what is good. Skadora <laughs> bandosa. And, 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 and let your soul delight in abundance. <laughs> you, you, you see, any preacher will ever tell you, who will ever tell you, listen to me. Nah. Any preacher, any some pastor or whatnot, who will ever tell you that abundance is sin, he, he is. I don't know, I don't know. He, he's, he's, he's neither the son of God nor the son of the devil. Because the devil, the devil is abundant, boy. And if the devil is abundant, God must be super abundant. And if he's lower than the devil and God, then I don't know. <laughs> Satan, is, Satan is wealth conscious. He's not poverty conscious. I don't understand the devil. Hey, hey. The devil and poverty don't mix. So, your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen to me carefully. So, if you listen, you will eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in. Verse 3. Yeah? Mm. Yeah? <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. Yeah? No. You wanna know? Yes. Go to Psalm 89. 
verse, let's read from verse 20, 27. You can read that whole part at home, that whole chapter. But let's read from verse 27. I'll show you the show mercies of David, okay? Let's read. Also, I will make him... Yeah? Mm. Yeah? 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 Now, why would God give you eternity? Eternity with poverty. Immortality with poverty. I'd want to be mortal if there's no prospect of me ever attaining some state of high. The Bible says that the show mercies of David was God. He said he'll make him the highest of the kings of the earth. The highest of we read David last week, right? Yeah. The show mercies of yeah. Verse verse four, Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting somewhere, right? We're going somewhere. Remember, the invitation was what? Buy without money. That's the invitation, right? So that's the context, what you are reading. Read it in context, right? Let's read. Shall run to you because... And the Holy One of Israel for His glory. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while He still may be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now let's, let's, let's go where we need to go, right? Verse 10. Let's read. For the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and out. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. You missed it. Okay. You missed it. You want to shout if you saw it. Okay. You missed it. Yeah? For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return back, but water the earth. Yeah? And make it bring forth and that it may give seed to the sower. That the way that it may give seed to the sower. So, so how, how is seed given to the sower? Continue reading. And bread to the eater. So there's the sower and the eater. And both are given what they have by, by, by one system. The system of what? Rain coming down on the earth and watering it, that it may bring forth bud, which will give what? Seed to the? Follow me. And bread to the? He said, listen to me carefully. Why? Because he called, he said, come and buy. And then he's letting you know how you can be given seed to sow and bread to eat. And he allegorizes this by what? By the rain. Then read the next verse. So, Martha Giza. So, so, in the same breath, 
In the same way the rain comes down and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth bud, he said, so shall my word be. So in the same way that the rain falls and waters the earth so that it may give food to the, to the eater and seed to the sower, he said, in that same way, my word. In that same way, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. Like the rain that falls. So shall my word be. Like the rain that falls and waters the earth, which goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, but it shall accomplish whatsoever I please. And it shall prosper in the thing that I send. He said, listen to me. You, you want to eat. You, you want bread to eat. You, 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 you want seed to sow. He said, there is a way that that happens. It is through the system of rain. But he said, I don't function by that system. That system has taken cues from me. Because that system operates by what? By the metaphor or the typology of what? My speech. So when I tell you to come by and that you may eat and that you may drink and that you may be full, what am I telling you? I'm telling you to open your mouth. Amen. So he said you can buy bread. You can buy wine. You can buy milk. By using your Look at the centurion, right? He comes to Jesus and he tells him, my servant is, is sick. Jesus said, I will come. Then he said, ah, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. For, for, for I am a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to this one, come, come. So speak, speak only the word. <sighs> speak only the word and my servant shall be healed. Who healed him? Jesus. No. The man, the man laid the precursor for the healing of his own servant. Speak only the word. Speak, speak, speak only the word and my servant shall be healed. He tied the healing of his servant to the speaking of Jesus. As long as Jesus spoke, it didn't matter where he was in his sickness, he would rise because the man said, speak only the word. What, what did the man have faith in? He had faith in the words of Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus marveled and said, I have not seen such great faith. No, even in all Israel. Verily, verily, I tell you that men shall come from everywhere and they shall sit with Abraham and Isaac in the kingdom, but the sons of the kingdom shall be cast out. There shall be gnashing and of teeth. Why did he say that? Why did he say that? Because there was no one in Israel, there was no one in Israel who had, who had the boldness, who had the confidence, who had the faith to believe in his words. He had not found, not any man, any woman in all of Israel who had the faith of that centurion. Yet that centurion was not a believer. That centurion 
was a Roman. That centurion was no Christian. That centurion had no affiliation with the children of Israel. That, that centurion had no affiliation. That is the reason why we see in our generation that there are men who are not born again. Men who don't know our God. Men who don't pray like we do. Men who don't even believe in our God. But because they believe in words. They believe in themselves. They begin to succeed better, far greater than people who are in the kingdom. Why? Jesus said, that's great faith. Speak only the word. Speak only the word. The man did not deny the presence of the sickness. He did not deny the presence of the man's ailment. He did not deny it. But he knew that that thing can be cured if Jesus spoke only the word. Why? He was a man under authority. Speak only the word. He said, he didn't say, hopefully my servant shall be healed. He said, my servant shall be healed. He, he was confident. He was sure. Jesus said, go your way. Angaraska. He said, go your way. Go your way. Go. It is as you have said. Chris, why are non-Christians prospering? By the same principles that are, that are gifts, that are possession to the sons of the kingdom. He said, listen carefully. If you want to eat bread, if you want to have seed to sow, listen carefully. So shall my word be. Genesis chapter 1. Why don't I have money? Why don't I have my needs met? Why? You've not bought it. There's no response mechanism to money, in money. There's no coding. There's no semblance. There's no resonance that money has to you. It's a spirit. If money is going to resonate with you, you've got to understand its language. You've got to understand the frequency from which it operates. Listen, the frequency from which money operates is not lack consciousness. He says, let your soul be filled with abundance. He, he was telling you, he was preparing you. Let your soul be filled with abundance. Let your soul be filled. Let, let your soul, I don't know how to say this to you, beloved. Let your soul, he said, let your soul. He said, listen to me and you will eat. What is good? And your soul shall be filled with abundance. They, in this world, there's, there's not a short supply of money. That means money is not in the dimension of what? Of lack consciousness. Because there's, there's no short supply. It's in abundance. There's more than enough money, more than enough resources in this world to go by each and every single human being on earth. And money will only go to those who resonate with his language, with his frequency. Let your soul be filled with abundance. <laughs> Let your soul 
be filled with abundance. And you will eat what is good. So what, what is he telling you? Be conscious of abundance. But I don't see. He never said see it. He said be conscious. If, if, if abundance does not exist in your soul, it will never exist in your pockets. It will never exist in your bank account. It will never exist to your name. If your soul is not filled with what necessitates for wealth and riches, that's how you buy. That's how you make transactions in the spirit. The universe of God is governed by laws, is governed by principles. And most of these principles are universal in nature. A man who learns how to tap into it, my brother, it doesn't matter if they don't believe in God, doesn't matter if they are murderer, those principles will work for them. Why? Because of the nature of God. The, the just, the righteousness of God makes no distinction. His reign falls on the just and on the unjust. His son falls on the just and on the unjust. That's the laws of life. Say, Lord, I have no money to buy. He said, come, buy. Lord, but I have no money. Come buy wine and milk without price, without money. How? As the rain falls down on the earth and does not return, but waters it, that it may bring forth bud. Then he says that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, so shall my word, so shall my... What, is, what are your words doing? Because God is saying, my words don't return to me. Amen. If God's word don't return to him, that means your words don't return to you. That means words, words do not carry void uh, consequences. There's always a consequence to words. If that is the case, that means the primary currency of life is words. That a man can speak himself out of poverty. A man can speak himself out of diseases and sicknesses. A man can speak himself out of failure. A man can, because you become what you say. I want to show you this principle from God's perspective. Remember, I hope, you know, I hope, I hope, I can't force you, but I hope you are listening to the man series. I hope you are getting that thing into your spirit, you are getting that thing into your mind. Because once that thing clicks in your mind, there is nothing in this world that's too good for you. Why, why, why are you not, why is your spirit, your soul, not associated with the good, with the abundance, with the glorious in life. Whose problem is that? Because you, 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 you make it seem like you, you are where you are because it's, it's something else or someone. No, it's you. Listen, realities are created by thoughts and words. You know what the Bible says? To the pure, all things are pure. The Bible says to the pure, Mike, all things are pure. To the filthy, 
all things are filthy. That means even things that are not filthy, to the one who is filthy, they are filthy. Why? Because his reality is shaped by what he is inside. That is why when you move up into the dimensions of God and you go into the arena of the cherubims, they say that the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Why can't they see the pain in the world? Why can't they see the darkness in the world? Why can't they see the evil in the world? They say the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Why? Because they see from a different frequency. And the entire earth in their eyes is filled with God's glory. But you come to earth, you look around, you see all the pain, all the poverty. But these beings, they don't see that. Why? Because their mind is shaped in some way. They don't see poverty. They don't see lack. They don't see pain. Why? Because those are constructs of human imagination. From God's dimension, all things are perfect. And God saw that all things that he made was good. From God's dimension, everything is good. You may look and say, God, I'm struggling. He said, ah, everything is good. Why? Because it is from the construct of his own imagination. God can't see wickedness. He can't see evil. He, his consciousness, he's wired in a different way. The Bible says, thou art God and doth not look at sin. He doth not look at sin. Yeah, but you say, but God judgment. Listen, there are many dimensions to God. The true dimension of God does not look at sin. The one that looks at sin is the dimension that God comes down to act as a judge. Him there, he does not know that there's such thing as sin. You must understand how God works. You must understand how God functions. God said to Ab a Adam, when Adam, when Adam told him that the woman that he gave him, what, what God said to him, who told you you were naked? Who told you? That means God did not see him naked. So who saw himself naked? It's Adam himself. Reality is constructed by you. You tell people, think right. Talk right. You hear it. You hear Let me show you this thing. Let me show you. Money and words. Let's read. Genesis 1, verse 3. I'm poor. Who told you? Yourself. I'm broke. Who told you? Yourself. You can't blame anybody, anybody, for the reality that you experience, you live, you, you are in that reality, you are in that experience because it is your construct. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know what the scripture say? It says, trouble falls unto all men. Look at Jesus. What Jesus, did Jesus have a troubled life? Look, you see, your concept of Jesus is so wrong that you can't see him for who he really is. His whole life was a struggle. He was born in a manger, born poor, born with brothers who hated him, born with uh, uh, siblings who did not like him. He was born. Yeah, that's how Jesus grew up. What do you think he grew up? In a mansion. He was born in a manger. 
when he was dedicated, they gave turtle doves, offering for poor people. His own brothers didn't like him. His own siblings didn't like him. That's how he grew up. Bible says he was rejected by men. Just when you saw him, there was no comeliness. His whole life. That's how he lived. But did he, did he walk this life? Did he behave in this life like a man who was troubled, pressed on every side? No, he said, cheer up. That's what he said. He said, cheer up, I've overcome this world. Cheer up. Listen, listen. What you don't fear cannot hurt you. There's no power enough that can be available to the thing attacking you that you don't fear. The Bible says fear comes with torment. That's what the Bible says, fear comes with torment. And what is torment? Torments are hijackings in the mind. You, you must understand, spirits need expression. So they always want to express their own form of, of reality and they will do it through you if you allow them. Jesus said, take no thought. Oh my God. Jesus said, take what you shall. That means that's not worth thinking about. That's what Jesus said. What you're going to eat is not worth thinking about. What you're going to wear is not thinking, worth thinking about. Take no thought. Yeah? What, what is he saying? You see, when you study the scriptures, learn, 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 learn to allow the light of God to lead you, to show you, to give you understanding. Jesus said, the one who takes thought of what he shall eat will rarely have anything to eat. Look at the hobos in the street. Look at the impoverished in Africa. All they think about is food. Do they get it? Why? Because food is not something to be thought about. That's what Jesus said. If you don't think about it, you will have it. He says, there is, there, is, there is a man who maketh himself poor. There is a man who maketh himself rich. In another translation, you know what he said? You know what he said? There is, there is the poor who makes themselves rich. And there are the rich who make themselves poor. We're going to read Genesis now. So, Pastor, you, you, you mean I must just free my mind? Free my mind, J. <laughs> I didn't say that. Question, do you believe Jesus? I asked myself this question one day. I said, you know, Lord, I hear all these things. I read all these things. I see all these things. But they ask me, there's one question that all these things I'm reading ask me. Do I believe in you? And I made the decision that day, I believe in Jesus. 
I believe Years ago, I made it, I believe. So whatever he says, it goes. Just take no thought. So you mean I must not think, I must not think. I, I don't mean, he said it. What else does he mean? He asked the question, who of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your life? Can you, can you lengthen your life? By worry? You, you do what? But Jesus asked, who of you by worry? You know what Philippians 4, 7 says? Do you know? Be anxious. I like King James. You know what King James says? Care for nothing. Be careful for nothing. It's almost like it's implying live a reckless life. Can you get to a point where you have no worries? Is it possible? I live it. No worries. Here's how my mind works, right? Here's how my mind works. Here's how I think about, about life, about things, right? Right? If I fail, I fail. I learn, I move on. Right? If I say I believe and I hit my face uh, on the ground, it's fine. I'm not gonna be embarrassed about my failures. If it don't work out, it doesn't work out, it's fine. M my mind has no attachments to anything. Why? Because Whatever I, I have now, there was a point in my life I did not have. I, I don't know if you understand me. There was a point in my life I did not have. And if it can go now, it means I can have it again. Because there was one point I did not have. Do, do you get that? So even if I, ha I don't have what I'm going to have, it's not going to bother me because I'm going to have it. Because I knew there was a point when the thing that I have was not there. Do you get it? No, you don't. Mike, there was a point in your life you were working with that cement of yours. Right? You did not have this. It, it, was, not, it, was, it was not in your possession. Right? It was them jumbo or cement, right? You didn't have this. Right? But now you have it, right? Why would you be afraid of losing it? Because at one point in your life, you were not looking down at this. You were looking down at this. So now that you have this, why do you make this your whole world? Your whole world should be the thing that brought this into your possession. That's what your whole world should be. Because even if this can go, this thing can come back again. Do you get it? Do you get it? What determines that? 
What determines at what frequency or at what level of life do you receive is your mind, is your soul. <laughs> Nothing else. I'm going to show you now, okay? I'm going to show If you can start doing this, brother. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Ah. minutes here. <sighs> I mean, I, are you sure about this? Listen, I've been living this way for the last five, six years of my life. <laughs> you know what needs to change? To perception. To understanding. Listen, if if you, oh God Almighty. Let's read Romans. Let me show you something. <coughs> Romans chapter 8. <coughs> Romans chapter 8. And then Genesis. I, I want to close off with Genesis. Is the low shading? I know. I told you to pray, right? You heard what they said from next week? No more blackouts. No more low shading. They fix whatever they needed to fix. She'll be free. From this week, this week, end of Friday. Listen, ah, you guys. Oh, Lord. How, how Mike does. Does, does, does Abraham be in hell and he lives the best life in hell? He has water, running water, he has trees that are growing. And then you find a rich man who is in hell, who don't have water. What, what, they, they're both in the same locality. What is the difference? Why are the rich people in Africa? Same land you walk on. Yet in the land of the poor, there are rich people. So one of the first things you must overcome, one of the first things you must overcome is, is societal environment. If you can't overcome that, you'll never overcome in life. Societal environment. Why? Because that's, that's how strongholds are erected. What, what, what are strongholds? Strongholds, man, in regional strongholds, are, are, are confluences of activities and words and thoughts that are released in that environment. And every man must fight it. Every man must fight that, that, that societal 
or otherwise you become like it. And how do you fight it? You fight it with your mind, with your words. Uh, what did I say I want to read you? Okay, let me read you Romans 8 and then let's read Genesis and let's go home. Okay, yeah. Romans 8, chapter... Chapter, let's see, where we can take it from. Mm, let's take it from verse. Verse 31, okay, yeah, let's take it, just take it from verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What then shall we? Say. What then shall we? Say. What then shall we? Say. To what? To these so you can say to these things. You can? Say. To what? To these things. That are against. If God, who can? Continue reading that scripture. His own son, yeah. But in the realm of all, how shall it not with him also to be given all things? Shall bring the charge. Wait. How shall he freely not give us all things? After we have said to these things, how will he not freely give us all things? After we have said. So, so who's going to give you? God. But who must say? Me. Who's going to give you? God. But who must say? Me. And what must you say? You, 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 must, you must affirm your confidence in the integrity of God and his ability. What shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? If you read Hebrews chapter 13, he said, For he said that we may boldly, not cowardly, what? You know what is faith? You know what is faith? Do you know what is faith? Yeah? <laughs> Do you know what is faith? Yeah? Genesis chapter 1. Let me show you what faith is. Let's read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. The earth was formed and void. Yeah. And darkness was over the face of the Yes. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the then God said. Then God said. Then God said. I told you, money is a spirit. 
And if money is going to respond to you, you must learn how to talk its language. And then God said, Yeah? Let there be light. Wait. That's, that's faith. It's saying what you want to see, not what is present. I repeat it. Faith is saying what you want to see, not what is present. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. He didn't see the darkness. He did not see the darkness. He saw the light. He saw what he spoke. That's faith. So, you, you know what's the problem with many of you? You speak what you see. I'm broke. Yeah. I'm sick. Yeah. I'm afflicted. Yeah. I'm in debt. Yeah. So what must change? Nothing's going to change. The reality will be perpetuated because that's what you what? You said. And you will always see what you said. So if you want to change your reality... You must start saying what, not what you see, but what you want to see. So how do you go about it? I don't have a car. Yeah, you don't have a car. I'm getting a car. When? It's none of your business. I'm getting a car. Oh, well, but you don't have it. I didn't deny it. I'm getting a car. Will you get it? Yes. Problem is, here's the problem with many of you. The problem with many of you is you are a slave to time. That's why your faith cannot go anywhere because you are a slave to time. What do I mean? You can start off by saying that in two days, if it doesn't, you change. Yeah, I've been saying I'm healed. I've been saying I'm healed for the last seven days. Still, there's nothing. You see, do you see your problem? You don't see it. Uh-uh, you don't see it. You know what's your problem? You've been saying it, but you've not been seeing it. Why? Because you are waiting for time. So you keep saying, I'm healed, but you are looking at you are sick. So you are, not, you are, saying, you are saying what you expect. But you are accepting what you are seeing. That's why human communication is so negative. And you live in an environment with negative spirits. Start saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bawling. They're like, you, bawling. <laughs> that's why, that's why you remove yourself from that company. Because remember, you see, you guys, you, 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 guys, you are a slave. You are a slave to time. You are a slave to your friends. You are, you are a slave to everything. Don't be 
a slave to nobody. Don't be a slave to nothing. You say, yeah, I'm going to be rich, and they're like, you're going to be rich? Yeah. We ain't friends anymore. <laughs> because that, ah, you guys. We ain't talking no more. I'm not going to beg you. For what? For what? Because you're not, a, you're not part of what I want to see. And if you're not part of what I want to see, there's no use being around. Because you, you, you disrupt my vision. Some of you, some of you, you wouldn't speak yourself down if it wasn't for the presence of some people around you. Because every time you want to rise, they're looking at you like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm weak. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's their presence yeah. that's a poison. Yeah. You're like, yeah, maybe I'm weak. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's right. Or maybe I'm weak. <laughs> so you expect reality projected to you yeah. by somebody's own inferior perspective of themselves? Because people who hate or speak other people down, normally most of the time is because of the Bible says, I don't say these things. The Bible says, from whence do wars come from among you? Says, do not come from within you. It's inner wars that cause external wars. A person is fighting everybody. It's because they are fighting themselves. Take a breather. Deal with yourself, fight yourself, conquer yourself, and then you'll see you left peace with everybody. And God said, what are you saying? What are you saying? 